I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Welcome back, everyone, to the Screen Kings podcast. I'm sure all of you missed us in our very short hiatus, would you say? When's the last time we did one, Gordon? What, been been almost like a year right i think it's been two two one we Seth? recorded remember we recorded a, a quick one not right before i left for nashville but did we ever put that out i don't know did we i don't, I don't think we did <laughs> regardless we're back and i'm sure everyone's excited of course i'm your very humble host tommy h latrell i'm joined today by Mr. Detective James Gordon, uh, or uh, Hunter Barry, pick one of his many other aliases, and Seth Bernard. How you doing? Hey, <coughs> the new Gabe. <laughs> new Gabe, new Gabe. But uh, so how we uh, been doing, everybody? Seth, what? Oh, uh, living the dream. Doing pretty good, man. Getting used to Nashville life. That's right. Gordon moved, so we're we are on our new equipment here. Yep. A bit of an upgrade, you could say, or downgrade, depending. Uh, this is Zoom nonsense. I don't know nothing about computers, but uh, we made it here. Yeah. And we're doing all right so far. I would say it's an upgrade. I mean, you can see our faces now, so that's. Well, I don't know if that's an upgrade for everybody, but I like seeing yours. Thanks. Are you actually going to put this out? Are people going to see this? The yeah. video? Probably not. What? What? Yeah. I would have worn something better had I known. You're wearing a what, a Batman shirt? Can't get yeah. much better. That's like, that's classic. Yeah, that's that's necessary for you. Do you own any shirts that don't have Batman on it? A few, but they're much too small to wear now. <laughs> um, that's for the premium content. Yeah, that's what we need to do. For video, we need to like charge extra or something. Can we do that? We got to figure that out. Paywall, straight up. I don't think we're in any position to start charging people for anything. We'll start an OnlyFans. We'll put this on our OnlyFans. <laughs> we got to do that tiered stuff. We'll be like Screen Goblin, $5 a month. <laughs> like Screen Fiend. And then... Yeah, I like uh, that one. Yeah, Superstar, something like that. The more you pay, get to see Seth. I'll make premium pictures of baby girl. But you really got to pay to see baby girl. For five bucks, they can send in their own t-shirt for Tom to wear during the, uh, during the recording. It better be big. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's the point, though. They send in obnoxiously small clothes. (laughs) Yeah, well. Or like a 7X. Something that's just like ridiculously large. It's going to make... Tom look like a little kid again. Just, just go to whoever 
sells parachutes. Start there, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> Anyways, fellas, we got some stuff to talk about today. Yeah, what are we getting started with? Just wanted to get started with what we've been doing. We've been gone for a year. What are we, you know, what have we been up to? What I mean, what, what's some stuff that's impressed us, you know? What have you seen lately? What are you playing? What are you playing right now? What are you watching? You know what I mean? Seth, what have you been watching lately? What kind of TV shows? Nothing new. I feel like there's nothing new. Right, right, right. Just whatever you've been watching, Seth. God damn it. Have you been watching uh, Rick and Morty season five? I haven't. I've, I've not. I haven't seen that one. I've seen four. That's the last one I saw. Season five is terrible. I feel like they got all that money. Checked out. Dude, I, I've watched every episode and it is awful. I have hated every single episode. Every single one. I have hated all of them. Hey, they make a cameo in uh, Space Jam. Oh, I bet they do. I we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, season four, I didn't think was that great. It was, and I know they've had less time to do it, but I don't know. Dan Harmon's always seemed very smug to me. Yeah. In fact, I'm going out on a limb now saying me and him got beef. I want that to be put out over the web. Oh. Maybe get us some more of that controversy I was talking about earlier. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's high on his own supply. And that show was very popular. I mean, they was in talks for years about getting new stuff for it. So, Okay. Well, Seth hasn't been watching anything lately, apparently. Nothing. No. So, uh, Tom, what about you? I've been watching uh, South Park lately, going back up through all the seasons. Those first seasons, you forget how good they were. Yeah. Even even considering how rough animation was and all that back then, because that was like they got started in what ninety six. I think it was closer ninety seven ninety eight. So, yeah, it was somewhere in that ballpark. So yeah, it was pretty rough back then. But it still holds up today. I would recommend. I mean, HBO Max has got all that kind of stuff, all the Adult Swim stuff, all the Rick and Morty stuff. Yep. South Park. What's your What's your favorite season of South Park? I couldn't even say. It's what's, like what's a very memorable episode for you then? What's one of your favorites recently that you've seen? I really like going back and watching the old ones, like the Fat Camp episode. Yeah. And uh the Butters episode. I mean, they're all good. I mean it's like season one through like eighteen are solid gold. And then maybe it kind of starts to drip a little bit, but you can't go wrong watching rewatching South Park. I rewatched the Faith Plus One episode recently. That's a good one. It's a really good episode. I just watched that one too. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Any that, movies in particular for you, Tom? Just the ones we're going to talk about. I haven't been watching a lot of movies because there ain't nothing good out. Yeah. It's because of COVID or, I mean, the last really good movie I think was even made was probably the Avengers and everything. What, Endgame? Yeah, Endgame. Other than that. Really? I mean, I think movies is just taking a downturn. Hmm. Okay. Just the, the whole industry is just muddled with crap. Creators are scared yeah. to death to take any kind of risk because of cancel culture. 
all that nonsense. Nobody's going out on a limb. Nobody can be creative. Every now and then you get one that's okay, but most of it just seems like manufactured crap. Well, film is definitely in a, um, it's on a decline right now for sure, considering basically movie theaters and like the cinema is just collapsing, imploding in on itself. Mm -hmm. So basically all new movies are just going to be streamed through all internet services now instead that seems like it's the way to go that's what they've all been doing uh i watched the tomorrow war recently on amazon was it terrible it wasn't that bad actually it was a pretty it was a solid just like summer blockbuster movie it I'm was pretty sure it got terrible uh reviews it, it did like it did okay like i think it was like rated in like the 50s or something like that maybe ign gave it a three out of what? Ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's in that? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that what they was advertising on the fight? Yeah. Yeah, over and over and over. Yeah. I uh, I didn't go in with high expectations, so I wasn't like let down. I kind of knew what I was getting into, so it it was it was a pretty it was a solid solid movie i wouldn't give it a, a high rating or anything like that but it was just something to watch while there wasn't much coming out um and then like i told you guys i watched uh, a quiet place 2 the other night and i did enjoy that quite a bit i thought that that was a pretty good movie despite of all the movies that came yeah. out it's it's not too bad comparatively yeah put it up against its competition as of late did you see that one in the theater? No, no. I, we we actually rented it um, through streaming the other night. I, the other I night, here in a while. I think the last movie I saw in a in a movie theater was The Lighthouse, if I'm not mistaken. It's a pretty old one. Yeah. So it's been what 2019. Yeah, I think that was 2019. Yeah. But that's for the most part all I've really seen lately that I can think of. Did you know it was on Paramount Plus, Gordon? I don't have Paramount Plus. You see, what you do is, folks, if you're listening, go on Paramount Plus, sign up for a free subscription. You get seven days free. Watch Quiet Place 2, then cancel it because it's on there. It's I went to the theater. It's worth watching on there. There's really not a whole lot on Paramount Plus. Yeah. When I say one sponsors us, then there's tons of good shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about uh, anything you've been playing lately or anything you guys have been playing lately that's been good? Just replaying all kinds of stuff, going back. I mean, Cyberpunk was supposed to keep me entertained for at least a year. Didn't pull it out. So I'm going back, playing games that are much older, but at the same time, much more superior. Red Dead 2. It's not hard to be superior to that game, though. I mean, just the mechanics. It's about the mechanics, you know what I mean? Like the storytelling, like 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 what you can do. What you can't do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you go back and play Red Dead or Ghost of Tsushima, I mean – Compared to that game, I mean, it's just it's just insane. I mean, there's, there's there hasn't been a lot out lately. 
It's not, it's, that's a tough comparison though. Like Ghost of Tsushima and Red Dead 2 are like massive. Yeah, those are tens, you know? Yeah, those are tens out of tens. Mm-hmm. Spe- speaking of tens, I just started uh, Breath of the Wild finally. Ooh. That's right. Are you going to finish it? Oh, it's too early to tell. <laughs> but I just I just borrowed it from the big guy there, so. Mm-hmm. Jury's still on that one. Yeah, it's a masterpiece for sure. Yeah, it seems like it. you just drop into an open world and it's like, here, go survive, go cook shit, you know, go go do this. So it's got a, it's got a hell of a learning curve to it. Like yeah. it took me a while to kind of get to grips with all the mechanics in it because there's so much and it doesn't tell you like three quarters of the mechanics in it that you can do. And if you want to right now, Seth, right now, even though you just started today, the- yes. You can go to the final boss and go fight Ganon oh, right now. I gotta get the paraglider or something, right? I think yeah, maybe you just gotta get the paraglider and then you can go straight to the end of the game if you want to. But I wouldn't recommend doing that. Has it been done though? Oh yeah. A lot of people have done it. Watch these friggin' speed running fiends and just makes you sick. But that's not a way to enjoy it. Even if I did go straight to it, there's no way I'd be able to beat him. You got you to gotta take that game easy, and you got to figure everything out. And it's a pretty great rad. Yep. I haven't played my Switch in a while. That's, Shelby got Pokemon Snap on it. She was playing that for a while. Nice. Um, the first one? The, the newest Pokemon Snap that just came out. Oh, is there a new one? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it's not bad. I mean, if you liked the original Pokemon Snap, it's more of the same, really. So, and then uh, I did. I did buy that Hades game. On yeah, like a game of the year, I think. Hades is a good game. Game of the year. Yeah, I think it's free on Game Pass and uh, a yeah, bunch I think of things. Game of the year, yeah. It what was is it? it was originally PC only. Um, right. Yeah. They moved it over to Switch, and I think it's about to come out on PlayStation as well. Um, but it's it's a really good game. It's the same it's super giant game. Same people that made Bastion and Super uh, Transistor. If you ever played those games, they were really good games too. Negative. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. I haven't played it a lot since then. But the only only other things, I mean, I just keep going back to Rocket League. That's all I keep playing. So yeah. Well, the last game the last game I played from start to finish was a uh, Resident Evil Eight. So mm-hmm. RE Eight, yep. And then the uh, new Ratchet and Clank game, beat that twice. Twice already. Damn. Yep. Wait, tell me more about this Hades game of the year. Game of the year. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, Never even heard of it. It's it's a rogue roguelike, right? In this stuff. Isn't that what they they call it? The type of game like you, you basically like go and, and play through as far as you can, and if you die, you start over at the beginning again, and then you kind of like make incremental upgrades as you move along to make the game a little bit easier for you, and so on, so so forth. But. Um, it's pretty cool. Like you, you make your way through like the different levels of hell, I believe. Okay. Um, and like fight different creatures. It's it's kind of like an isometric, top-down um, action game. Yeah, it's a. I don't know what you call it. Is it a dungeon same, crawler or? A... Yeah, yeah, it's a dungeon crawl. So in the same vein of like, um, uh, the Binding of Isaac, I think, or whatever it's called, and then. Uh, what about Diablo, which compared to Diablo. Diablo, Enter the Gungeon. 
is is one as well. All those types of games, it falls into the same category as those. But uh, it's it's pretty good. It's a hard game. You would probably like it, Tom, and you you love hard games, so you'd probably be into it. Would you say it's game of the year because it's really great or lack of competition? Mixture of both. <laughs> That's what I expected. Yeah. We just need something really good to come out. It seems like everything now is being pushed back to 2025. Grand Theft Auto now, apparently. That's what I heard. Do we know of yeah. anything? Do they say anything at E3 about anything? Nope. I don't, I don't know. Not really anything to get excited about. The only thing that's coming out this year that I'm super pumped about is Deathloop. That game's going to be super good. I was a big fan of all the uh, uh, Dishonored games, and it looks like more of the same. And what, when, does, uh, when does that Hogwarts game come out? 2022. That's depressing. I believe, yeah. I know they announced Breath of the Wild too. Yep. When's that supposed to come out? Oh, and God of the War comes out in 2022 as well, doesn't it? The sequel. Uh, Elden, Elden Ring comes out at the beginning of 2022. Okay. Okay. So, I'm excited uh, for that one. And then, uh, Tom, I don't know if you saw this, but they are releasing a uh, Bloodborne remastered. Really? Yes. And that's almost unnecessary. It uh, still looks really I good. Mean, I don't see how they would need it, but... It's basically just going to upgrade it to 4K and 60 FPS. So, yeah, uh, Diablo Diablo Two remasters coming out as well. Yeah, yeah, Diablo Two remasters coming out. Uh, but Tom, they're all, they're opening that up to um, they're adding three new right-handed weapons in Bloodborne, and then three new um, left-handed gun weapons as well. Nice. I just played it the other day. I mean, it's just one you can always go back to. Dude, no it, still holds up. it still holds up. It still looks amazing. The mechanics in it are great. Mm-hmm. Still hard. I got <laughs> the boss. I mean, I'm basically a master. I beat the game a hundred times. I've gotten through the dungeons completely. And I can still find challenges in it. It's insane. Yep. Always Same. finds a new way. Because every time you beat the game, which is I just I just learned this the other day, every single time it gets harder. When you replay it with the yeah. same character, that's that goes um, for any Souls game you play. New game yeah. always makes it harder. And once you get to, I know in like the the Souls games, when you got to like New Game Plus like seven, six or seven, it started adding new enemies that weren't there before, like red phantoms and crazy really? stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if it does in Bloodborne. I've, I mean, I've beaten Bloodborne at least four or five times, but I don't remember it adding any new phantoms or anything like that. Or they're usually just like red phantoms. But, yeah, it, it does get harder every time you play it. I feel like I'm around, like, 10. New game plus 10? I haven't seen any new enemies that I've noticed. But it's the difficulty is still going up. It's like one hit. I have topped out health. Topped out. And it'll take two hits to kill me. That's just it's still fun. I am excited. I, it, if they're remastering it, just any reason they can give me to play it, I'll, I'll replay it. I think I think it'll be enough of a reason to upgrade to, and it probably won't even. Well, I don't know. You don't have a PS Five yet, do you? No. See, I don't know if I don't know if it'll be something you can play on PS Four or not. Mm. 
I know on PS5 it will be 4K, 60 FPS. I don't know if PS4 will do it, but it's obviously not going to come out on Xbox. So, Seth, that's your homework is to go play Bloodborne and beat it. Yeah. Before the next podcast, yep. <laughs> Drop Breath of the Wild and just play through Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I did want to talk about next-gen consoles. Yeah. While we're on that subject. What are we thinking? So you guys uh, both have Seth, you have PS5. You have both of them, right? I have an Xbox. You have a PlayStation. Right. Seth has both. Yeah. So we'll start with Seth since he has both of them. What do you think at this point? Was it worth the upgrade already for these? And how much did you pay, by the way? Yeah. And how much have you spent on them, by the way? Right. <laughs> I actually got them both for market price. I guess I was just one of the lucky ones. Well, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, to be honest, I've had less problems with the Xbox than the, than the PS5. Just, mm-hmm. I just, uh, the, the PlayStation, it just sort of randomly like crash and it just seems mm-hmm. like uh, the Joy-Con drift is really bad on it. One of my controllers is already drifting like crazy. The Xbox, I've had zero problems. It's run smoothly. Really? It looks great. The quick resume is great. I can go one, two, three games deep, and it just starts up like on a dime. Mm-hmm. Love that. I wish PS5 had that feature. Like honest. I'm not saying the PS5 doesn't look good. You know, I played Resident Evil on it. You know, number eight. It was great. It was a lot of fun. But I've had less problems on the on the on the Xbox than I have the PlayStation. What about buying attachments? Like, do they both? I know you got to buy a mic for the Xbox now. You didn't before. You yeah. Mic for, PlayStation, for PlayStation? Yeah, I mean, you do, but, I mean, the controller has a built-in mic, which is kind of cool, but, I mean, if you're playing, like, it's Call hard of Duty or something, it's not practical, but, but you can use it, you know? It's, it's not a very loud microphone on the PlayStation, so, like, if you if you're trying to, like, if you really need to talk to somebody, like, Seth and I communicated a couple times through the through the controller and I had a hard time like hearing his voice, even cranking the volume all the way up. And I imagine that drains a battery quick too. I don't, I don't know. know. It the, might. Who knows? The battery on, on the PS5 controllers is pretty good. It, it has it's way better than PS4's was, especially considering it got rid of that stupid light bar that was draining batteries like crazy. Yeah, that is something that the Xbox still has problems with. They Duracell. Yeah, they sent you two batteries in the pack, and that's what you got. Is it? But but I will say, my charging brick that I use for the Xbox One, I can use on the new one too. So I didn't have to buy a new one. I just took it out of the Xbox One, and now I switch the bricks there and charge them all day. And I always have a full battery. So X is Xbox still using like actual batteries, or is it? Yes, unless you go buy. The charging thing, which, like I said, I didn't have to because my one, the one on the Xbox One worked on the new one. So I didn't have to go back one. I like the controller on the uh, Xbox better than the PS5 as well. Oh, I love the PS5 controller. No, I don't dislike it. It's just in my hand. This was just perfect. You see that? You got, so you got the rechargeable one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same one from the Xbox One. So it's solid. Well, they didn't really change. The controller is almost exactly the same from basically 
Yeah. So if they put an annoying button in the middle, like the PlayStation's got that takes a screenshot, which is more annoying than it's worth. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the new Xbox series X has the, like, they come standard with elite controllers. Is that right? No, no, just standard like controller. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're like, they're nicer. Like they feel good in your hand. Like the back is like textured now and the old ones wasn't, but it's not the $150 elite controller that you yeah. can buy. There's not too much a difference from the Xbox one as far as controller goes. Right. Well, let me ask you this, Seth, since you're in a, a unique position, since you have both. Um, PlayStation obviously didn't do some of the things that Xbox did, like adding the you know multiple games running feature, things like that. But they upgraded the controller to give it more of a gimmick, which like is... the haptic feedback? Haptic feedback, the adaptive triggers, that kind of stuff. How did you feel about that after experiencing it? Uh, the first time I used it, I thought my controller was broken. I didn't know what was going on. Because it wouldn't let you pull the trigger all the way back. Yeah, I was very confused. Uh, I mean, I guess it's cool, but it's unnecessary, you know? The haptic feedback. I think, I mean, yeah. I think it, it gives the the games a little bit more immersion. Like when you're playing, you know, if you're shooting a gun or something like that, you kind of feel the, the trigger bounce. Yeah, it makes it feel a little different from game to game. Yeah, if you're pulling back a bow or something like that, you get a lot of tension on the trigger. It makes it cooler. It doesn't it doesn't add a whole lot for me. You know, with, with both systems, though, I just feel like there's not a game out that, like, pushes the limits of it yet, you know? It's just like, I mean, yeah, they can run old games, like, better and smoother, but there's just not right. one game that pushes it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think- Right now, I'm not mad that I upgraded, but at the same time, it wasn't worth spending the extra money to get it at this point. Considering yeah, both of you guys paid a little above uh, market value, a little bit, yeah. What'd you end up paying, Gordon? Double. Double. I didn't honestly. I wasn't going to buy it. Shelby bought it for me as like a present. Okay. She spent um, a thousand on the digital copy the digital version of it which is going for 400 500 i think i think new it's four yeah yeah so yeah wait wait does that just mean it don't have the disc tray i there's no discs correct just digital i didn't do that that. thing is huge so i don't even know how big the disc version is i don't even want to i have the disc version it's it's i mean they're massive yeah, that is the other advantage I'll give to Xbox on this is how big the PS. It is not fit comfortably into anything. Yeah, well, the Xbox is kind of awkward like that. Like, I mean, we're talking it's a milli inch from not being able to fit where I put my other game system. And I got thick. pretty lucky. It's yeah, a big it's thick like boy. A, like a thick log. Unnecessarily, it's like uh, they should have made it flatter so you can put it in your entertainment center easier. I don't understand. That was very annoying, but you know, it fits. So it's fine. But I can imagine a lot of people weren't able to put it where they put their last Xbox. Yeah. Same with the PlayStation. Cause that thing is tall. I'd be yeah. willing to bet half the people that bought a PS five have it sitting on the floor right now. Yeah. Sitting on your floor or in the way your TV on top of the entertainment center all the way up. I had to take a shelf out to fit it. In mine. <laughs> I did too. <Yeah. laughs> I had to fix my bookshelf so it could fit in there. 
Yeah. But uh, I got mine on a site called Swappa, which I would recommend. It's kind of like eBay, but they're very, uh, you know, they, they're really, they make you like write out numbers and all kinds of stuff to really help keep track of stuff. And they're really on their seller's asses to be professional and uh, timely. And uh, I only paid, what, what are they going for? 550? I think new they're 500. And I paid, I paid 650 and that included all the fees and everything. So wasn't terrible, but okay. once I heard this might go two or three years, you know, possibly the shortage or whatever, I said, I might as well just bite the bullet and go ahead and try one. And I would recommend using the site swap. It's pretty good. They got, they got PlayStations on there, but they're closer to seven, between seven and, and 900 bucks. I was even thinking about getting one the other day, but I don't know how fiendish I want to be. Yeah. It sounds like from what y'all are saying, it's unnecessary. I, I mean, was just right now it is. I mean, yeah. PlayStation has like three exclusive that have, that have come out since then. One of which is a remake, which is Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. I have that. Yeah. It's, I, I want to play it. You beat it, didn't you, sir? Twice. Look at this man. No. I have it on disc, or I'd give it to you. <laughs> No way you beat it. I was gonna say you 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 played it for what ten minutes? Uh, ten seconds probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, I looked at your your play time on it the other day. It was like it was like ten fifteen minutes or something like that. If uh, you get past the first boss, Seth, I will be highly impressed. Highly impressed. It doesn't just, matter if you lose to that boss. You still like you still just push forward anyways. I think right. Right, right. I'll, we'll say the second boss then. Yeah, it takes you directly to the Nexus and you just start going into worlds. Right. But um, that's it. Yeah, Demon Souls, um, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and then Returnal, I think was the other one that I'm meh. And how, I like it's a It's a really good looking game. It's a super good roguelike game. It's really fast paced. It has a lot of good action and gunplay and stuff like that. It's a very tight game, but dude, it is. It is frustratingly hard. It is so hard. It really? Is, it is one of the hardest games I've ever played by far. Cool. By far. So this comes from the guy that's played all the Souls games. Blood Blood Souls, whatever you want to say. Blood Souls, yeah. And, Sekiro. Uh, Sekiro. Sekiro is I still I think Sekiro holds it, I'll take it back. Sekiro holds nah. this candle to the hardest game I've ever played. Okay, that's good. That's yes. the only game I've never beaten. I've never beat it either. I've gotten, I think I've been like two bosses away from beating it or something like that. I was really close to beating it. And that just finally gave up. A buddy of mine ended up breaking his TV. He threw his controller at the ground and it bounced up to the TV and smashed it. Classic. Classic. So, yeah. That's how, that's how hard. And it you is. guys like these kind of games. Love. Them. Well, it may be, I mean, I've heard that if you play a lot of Bloodborne and Dark Souls, you're in a certain way about these games and when you play a game like Sakuro, if you go into it with that mindset it's going to be harder than with a blank slate yeah you're at a disadvantage if you've already played the souls games i think personally there's a particular way that me and gordon fight every boss and that's to hit the o button a bunch of times and get behind him and hit him and Sakuro, you got to change up your strategy or something that's from what i understand (laughs) I think the, the the biggest reason that it's such a difficult 
switch is in the souls games it's very easy to learn the move sets of all the bosses and all the enemies they yeah. usually only have two or three or something like that and once you get those down you can just dance around them and, and make them look silly and then yeah. the, the later games like dark souls 3 they you know they would have uh parts where like once you got a boss like half health then it would open up a new move set that they had and it, they, they yeah. get more aggressive and things like that but Sekiro involves that part where bosses get new move sets as you move along but also their move sets are a lot more complex so and they're a lot faster than dark souls are so you not only have to memorize a bunch of complex move sets you have to have reaction times that are like split second mm -hmm. like you're you're shaving you're, you're looking at you know frames here on on timing that you have to to parry or whatever parry, yeah so and also it's about that the more you die the harder it gets and that mechanic which i think it's the same for dark what is it what's the one you got to demon souls demon souls i'm pretty sure That's it's the one yeah the demon souls is by far <laughs> demon souls is the most egregious out of all of them yeah because i think once you go into like body form or whatever like your hat your health is halved almost, right i think every time so like you're at a distinct disadvantage every time uh Just you, you die so yeah they, it's demon souls is by far the, the most egregious out of all of them yeah, lately for me, I've just been trying to play video games to enjoy them versus having a nightmarish uh, difficulty spike every time yeah. you have a different boss. Just been playing, just been go running around, being a virtual cowboy, you know, robbing stage doing, coaches. Doing dastardly things. Very dastardly things. You know, just whatever I feel like doing versus this hard. I, I couldn't even imagine going back and playing Sekiro right now. So you want to have fun, not kill right. yourself, right? Right, correct. Pull okay. my hair out. That's usually what I go for too in everyday life. Obsess. You got. I mean, you gotta. You gotta watch videos. I mean, just to be bloodborne. You know, I was. I was reading all the lore. I was watching the videos, finding all the. You know, like like if you you need this this boss is weak to this. Bring a knife, bring a poison knife. Figure it out, get behind them, pull this lever that nobody knows about. I don't feel like doing all that. I just want to go rob a stagecoach. I know how to do that. Okay, so if Sekiro is a ten, right, on oh, on difficulty, yeah. Where's Bloodborne? Nine nine point five. Oh God. And I would I would say I would say Bloodborne is like an eight, and then um. The actual Tom, did you did you play and beat the DLC? Yeah, the Old Hunters. Mm -hmm. It's really really good, but it's actually really hard too. It's so ridiculous. I would put I would put Bloodborne at like an eight, and then I would put the DLC at like a nine nine and a half. That's fair. Orphan of Cause, but first of all, one of the my favorite bosses of all time in the mm -hmm. series, but it's super hard. I got to the first boss on Bloodborne, the big tree man. Does that sound right? It's more like a werewolf-looking tree yes, man, maybe? Uh, like werewolf with antlers. Yeah. All right, yeah. Anyway, I got there, and I died like, I don't know, six times. And I was like, that was it. that's not for me. That sounds about right. Tom, what about Cuphead? Where's Cuphead on your list? Cuphead's up here. Depending on how much of it you want to beat, you know, you got people that go back, and you got to beat, like, all the bosses. But, like, there's, like, a, 
an extra difficulty level above normal. And then you got to beat all those bosses in a, in a, in a separate time. And then you can make everything go black and white. Now, if you want to do that, that's definitely up there with any of the souls games <laughs> when it comes to just, but it's more about luck on those games, you know, dark souls. The thing about that is every time you lose, you know, it was your fault. You didn't make the right decision. You get games like Cuphead where it's a lot of the stuff that comes at you is, you know, it's bullet hell. It's random. So you might get one lucky go and you got it. You got some people that beat the boss on the first try and ones that couldn't beat it till their hundredth. And both, you know, are, are about the same in skill. But these Bloodborne games, it's always your fault. And that's the difference. If you want to play a bullet hell game, yeah, they're hard, but it's just more frustrating because it, it never feels fair. You got cheated by the system. You were, you were doomed to lose from the start. That's the difference. Yep. Well, we got all caught up on, on games and things we've been doing. Resulting. Yeah. You want to get to the, the main course here, Tom? Next on the, uh, the docket, I have a Space Jam. Oh, okay. Number one movie in America right now, boys. I'm sure we were all excited to see. We all saw it, correct, Gordon? I did not see it, no. Seth? I actually suffered through the entire thing. Well, at least somebody did, because I did not watch it either. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) I wasn't going to pay money for that movie. No way. No. I've, I've heard it's abysmal. It's getting killed in the ratings. Yeah, the box office is atrocious. The studios are pissed, from what I hear. Look, uh, it was a movie made for kids, right? But mm-hmm. it was awful. I'm just, I, there's no being around it. It was awful, and I like LeBron. Was it just boring? Was it stupid? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. The, the answer to both bad? of those is yes, yes. Writing? Yes, it was. It was just a infomercial for uh warner brothers right everything they uh, everything they own they just jammed it into this film everything they know all little kids are going to see it and they want those kids to grow up and be fans of all these ips they threw a couple easter eggs in for the adults like rick and morty game of thrones uh you know godzilla versus kong like there was some stuff in there you're like oh i you know i recognize that but the story it was it was awful that's the concept made no sense. Yeah, nothing about it made any place. sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. I heard you, Big Chungus made an appearance. Is that correct? Who? Big Chungus. You know, the internet sensation. You don't know about this? Maybe I was looking at my phone during that part. I don't know. You know, Bugs Bunny, when he gets fat. Have you seen pictures of that? It's a meme. Oh. Did you see him in the film? <sighs> No, but okay. that, not, that, was, that was probably on me. You missed the only part worth watching. That's what it was. <laughs> like, you can go back and watch the original Space Jam and say it doesn't hold up, but it's way better than this new one. I still like the original. I don't know what it is. It could be nostalgia. That's probably what it is. Definitely. <laughs> Michael Jordan was not a good actor either. Nope. They had Bill Murray, though. They did. They did. I did have a, a buddy from work said that he had his very young niece and nephew watch both films. First night, they watched the original and then the new one. And he said 
they were very bored and hated the original. They couldn't stand it. They said, this is stupid. Yep. Why does it look so bad? The new one's very bright, a lot of colors, a lot of lights going on, you know. There's a whole yeah. lot going on with it. Yeah, he said they at least watched that one all the way through. They didn't even watch the first one all the way through. So maybe it's a kid's thing. Whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was not made for 30-year-olds, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be anything worth viewing for anybody our age in a film like that. As they even they even desexualized uh Lola Lola Bunny. Yeah. Like what was that? Well, I mean back in the day, you know, there was there was no really no internet at that time. So they had to put it on the screen. Now it doesn't matter. They're going to sexualize her on the internet anyways. There's going to be hentai all over the place regardless of what they do. So really doesn't hurt the cause either way. Yeah. But uh I don't Seth, even like LeBron, so I, right. I nobody likes LeBron. He's a big Except China. Yeah. China, yes. They probably helped produce the film, I'm sure. <laughs> um anything else about the film, Seth, before we move on? No. No, nothing. There's no, there's nothing redeeming about it. Well, in other news, a Hollywood legend passed away recently. Uh, Dick Donner. Um, maybe Big Dick Donner. Day. Big Dick Donner. And uh, in honor of Dick Donner, I figured we might play a game. We are the Screen Kings, correct, Seth, Gordon? Yes. We know movies. <laughs> Mostly. Uh, yeah. So I figured I'd pit you two gentlemen against each other in a game about Dick Donner called Big Dick Donner's Movie Dash. <laughs> are we excited, gentlemen? Yeah. You like that? I've I'm ready for it. Like, I'm ready to celebrate Big Dicks. Yeah, I've only seen like maybe five of his films. That's that's fine. Do you, y'all know when we played uh what was it? Blockbuster. Yeah. It's basically that. Basically that. Basically that. It's gonna be you two gentlemen. I'm going to hit the button. This thing, you remember this thing? Hey, hit the I'll button. never forget. And then uh, you guys are going to blurt out a Dick Donner film. And I told y'all to prepare for this. I hope you did. Just like a, a random movie that he directed or, or what? Directed, produced. So and then just... it's going to go on to the next guy. And then... Um, and then whoever, uh, you know, doesn't say it when the time goes off, loses. Okay. Are you ready for that? Sure. So we're just, we're just going back and forth. I say a movie that he's done. He says a movie that he's done until... One I'll, of- click, I'll click the button when one of y'all say the movie. And then it goes on to the next guy. Okay. I looked. I did a little research earlier, so... Okay. Are you, are you ready, Seth? Uh, let's, let's try it. Okay. I gotta hold it down right the goonies the omen uh the, the superman movies uh, be more specific 
Lethal Superman. Weapon. Uh, Lethal Weapon Two. Uh, uh, Scrooged. That's it. Lethal. I remember Weapon that one from three. my list. Now hold on a second. We're doing sequels now, or what? We can do sequels. We can do sequels. All right, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon Four. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, can I say a TV show? Yeah, anything. Twilight, Twilight Zone. Uh, sixteen blocks. Didn't think you'd think of that one. <laughs> Last movie he ever did. Come on, I know, did, I know he did more TV shows in the sixties. Well, it looks like Gordon wins this round. Hey. Y'all want to do two out of three? I, to be honest, I don't know what else where else I would go. I don't, I don't <laughs> know any further. Like that, that was about the end of my. I mean, you only said one Superman film. You had four. Yeah, oh, that's true. Uh, the Goonies. Did we, did we mention Free Willy already? No. no. There's a lot of good ones y'all missed out. Yeah. I mean, how Willy. many? How many did he do? Like eighty something films. Um, there was he did X Men, right? I think no, produced, no chance. I think he produced X Men Origins. He didn't oh, well, he did. I should have said Tales of the Crypt. What am I doing? Yeah, all the Tales of the Crypt movies he produced, he put money into, even the really bad ones that me and you have seen, Seth, that I forced you to watch at one time or another. They're he, all fun. He did. They all, are all fun. I would recommend all his movies. He did I'm basically really disappointed. Y'all should have got definitely at least got the the Superman movies. Yeah, I should have specified at the beginning. Sequels count. You want to give one more go, or Seth? Do you um? Do you uh surrender the title of Screen King right now to Gordon? I mean, we could we could run it back, and we will say Superman two, Superman three, Superman four, and then it'd be over. So we just name. Well, no, we we start off. We it's a clean slate, Seth. You start over. Oh, you know, I think I think I think Gordon earned this one. He put in the time. Good job, Gordon. So this week, Gordon is screen king. That means next week, Seth, you have to make a game and pit it against me and Gordon. That's how it works. Oh yeah. Sound good. And then whoever wins that title is screen fiend and the loser creates a game for the next week. That's how we used to do it. Okay. okay. Tom, Tom, I feel like you'll have like a flash advantage movie. every week. Usually. I mean how am I to control that? Oh, that's fair. It's not your fault. You, uh, you need to you need to find something along the lines of like uh, some type of competition about rom coms. Yeah, do something like that. I'll lose. Something that Tom will have a tough time with. But y'all wouldn't do good with that either. I bet I would. You bring. Uh, hey now. I bet I would do better than you. Maybe, maybe you'd be surprised. I don't know. Tom, Tom beat me in I was, sports. I don't movies hate on Rom and I'm like, how did you beat me in sports movies? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd be really surprised, Gord. Seth, just bring it for him next week. All right. Just a little game. Just figure out something. But I know uh, we also wanted to talk about Quiet Place 2. We all seen it. Yep. Gordon, you saw it when? Yesterday? Yeah. 
I, I saw, saw it like a month ago. Seth, when did you see it? I saw it in theaters like the week it came out or something like that. It's a long time ago. It needed more John Krasinski, but he, you know. I definitely agree with that. I don't disagree, yeah. Seth, what do you, what do you think about the movie, Seth? Give us your in-depth uh, coverage of it. From what you remember. Like you said, it's been a while. Um, I mean, I like the first one better, I think. Not a whole lot to remember about it, was it, Seth? I mean, there's nothing You've real. seen it a while ago. There's nothing real. Nothing really stands out about right? it. That's that. See, that was my thing about it. Is I thought it was very plain, manufactured. It almost felt like, like let's say it was a TV show. This would be like a couple episodes in the middle of the season that you were on your phone most of the time for. That's the feeling I got from it. Gordon, hmm, you sure. just watched it. Why don't you tell us what you thought? Now, this goes with a lot of movies that I watch where I usually like them very much immediately after seeing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Justice mm-hmm. League episode that we did was a perfect example of that, where we revisited that later on, and I told you how much I hated Justice League. Right. Um, which is funny listening back to that episode where we were shitting on Gabe <laughs> because he hated it. <laughs> and and I, I came out with more positive feelings towards that movie. He hated it. I was kind of middle of the road, and yeah. you loved it. <laughs> you thought yeah. it yeah. was Shakespeare. Kind of, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, th- I thought that it did a really good job of expanding upon the world that it built in the first one, kind of like, like John Wick did to a certain extent you know it kind of took a very focused look a very focused story and then took the world that it had had initially created and then expanded upon that um because the entire first movie just takes place like on the farm for the most part right like it doesn't go anywhere else in the story other than that yeah simple yeah um which is great because that that's what made the first one so effective and such a good movie Right, focused, and um, the second one, I thought was still pretty focused for the way it expanded upon the universe. Um, you know, all the characters in it were still very strong. All of the characters still had a really good story arc in it. Minus, I would say, minus um, the mother. I don't think she had much of a story arc at all. She was just kind of there, mother. for the most part. Yeah, she was just kind of barely there. But what what about the the weird like shoehorned in cultists? You know, like where do they come from? They 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 were in the movie for like five minutes and then that was it. Yeah. So somebody somebody watched a lot of post apocalyptic movies as a kid. Like we all we need some cannibals. That's what we need, right? That's what the movie was missing. Well, was that. That so um, uh, Killian Murphy mentions right. that when they first find him, right? He mentions to her, like, hey, I, I know how other people are in this world, and you don't want to know how they how they actually are nowadays. Um, right. It seems to be a theme in these types of movies, right? Where, you know, the apocalypse or something terrible happens, and it brings out the worst in people. And then they all are cannibalistic, or they murder people mercilessly. mercilessly to Very cliche. Right, it is. I, I don't disagree with that. 
Um, we're in this little northeast town, and who knows where, and there's a bunch of redneck silent cannibals yeah. spring up within what it, it wasn't even a year or was it a little over a year 400 days i think it was it after was over, the initial yeah apocalypse it, it's, it's around like 400 something days wasn't it she had a baby right right yeah something like that uh, yeah. i don't recall because i mean the second movie starts immediately after the first movie happened I mean, there's, you, there's, there's a little uh, callback, a little flashback, though. A prequel the, uh, parts yeah. all happening with John Krasinski and then... Hunky uh, John Krasinski thought, in flannel, by the way. Definitely. Definitely. He wanted to be in the movie. He's like, look, I need an acting role. I'm going to write this part in at the beginning where I get to be an actor. I get to be a producer on the film. I get a director's credit. That's more money for me from the studio. Look, I think every movie needs a bearded, flanneled John Krasinski. I'm just going to say it. All right. I 100% agree. Probably my favorite part of the movie was the intro. I thought it was a really good intro. I thought it was solid action, good stuff. And it had a really cool transition from the very end of the intro going right back into the ending of the the previous movie of the little kid with his like, you know, hands on his head or whatever while they're screaming or whatever. Um, but um I, I thought it was it was a pretty strong movie. I would say I probably liked the first one a little bit more myself because it was still mysterious. Yeah. The monsters were still a little bit more mysterious. It added a little bit more fear to the whole thing. Um, but I, th- I thought the, f- the second movie was still a good follow-up. And I'm fairly certain there's going to be a third one at this point. Most likely. I don't know if they've already announced it or not, but it definitely left it hanging enough on a thread that there's probably going to be a third one. And I'm okay with that. I think John Krasinski's proven to be a pretty strong director and a pretty good writer. So, Wait, Did he write this or he just directed it? He wrote and directed it. Oh, yeah. You want all of them credits. You get all the monies. Yep. Let me write myself a little part in. I know I died in the last one, yep. but... Here's what we're gonna do. Then I'm gonna get in this one. Get the opening scene. It's I pretty funny like... trying to make the kids, because uh, the first one was made like what a couple years ago, two or three years ago. I would say yeah, and the second one was supposed to come out last year, but then uh, the whole COVID thing happened. Yeah, but uh, it must have been tough to do the second one, especially with the little prequel part at the beginning, to try and make the kids look younger than they actually are Mm -hmm. because it's clear that they are older in this movie and time has passed but it didn't really ruin it for me what were you gonna say tom i felt like a lot of it seemed you know if 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 they asked me what do you think would consist of a quiet you know a quiet place too and i was just in my underwear in the basement like i'm now that's probably close to what i would have written I really didn't feel like there was a lot of cleverness to it. I feel like maybe what they should have done is maybe instead of making just sequels to it, like what they're doing is maybe make a TV show and have them write it. So when you get cannibal stuff, you can make it, you can write it to where, you know, you can space it out more and make it have more sense. Maybe show some backstory. You start to understand the characters more. It just, it felt very unnecessary to me. Just like, let's just, you know, write a sequel. They they want money, you know. Not a lot of heart to it. 
very corporate. John Krasinski wanted money. I think he had a really good idea for the first one. And he, you know, maybe a script he's had since he was on the office or whatever for this great movie. I don't think he had one for the sequels to it. You know what I mean? You see where I'm, you see what I'm getting at? I see what you're getting at. I don't agree with you though. It's kind of like Deadpool. Deadpool 2 was kind of the same way. You know, you have this good idea and you're trying to get it made for so long and you finally do. And now they're like, we want number two tomorrow. And I did like Deadpool too, but I think this is an example of where it doesn't go as well. It's like, let's hurry up and figure out this story. Let's get start shooting in June so we can be done and have it out by whatever to make the most money. So you, you think that Deadpool 2 was a cash grab, but a good cash grab. Right. Okay. Matt Reynolds is very talented. Yeah. I still don't think it was as good and had as much heart as the first one, but you had enough good creative people on it to where it turned out pretty good. I would say that that, that works the same for me personally. I loved Deadpool 2 the same as I loved Deadpool 1. In fact, I think I probably liked Deadpool 2 a little bit more than Deadpool 1. Um, but I think that the same goes for uh, A Quiet Place 2 for me personally. I, I don't think it's better than the first one, but I don't feel like it was just a mindless cash grab. I thought it was still well-written, well-produced, well-shot, well-acted. I thought a lot of thought went into it. Um, I didn't feel like it was a pointless film to come out for no reason other than to make more money. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it got it got pretty good reviews. It got a 91%. I mean, yeah. If you put any credibility in Rotten Tomatoes, you yeah. know, I mean, it's pretty good. The audience score and the critic score were both high on that film. It wasn't just like critic score was a 90-something, audience score was a 48. Yeah. There wasn't a huge disparity between the two. I think if they had more time, I think it would have been even better, a lot better. Or if he had went with the make it out of a show route to where he could space it out and really dig into his story versus making it so cliched. I would have liked to see A Quiet Place too, had it been five years. Say it comes out in 2024 or something. I bet it would have been a lot better. I don't disagree with you, Tom. I I think the characters in that in this Quiet Place 2 did a lot of some of them did a lot of really stupid cliche things, like especially the little boy in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a lot of really dumb cliche things that right. got yeah. him into way more trouble than he should have. Yes. Um, I liked his story arc from being just kind of a puss into kind of transforming into more of like his father, even though it's the daughter is more like her dad than anybody, but um you know, the little boy was kind of transforming into like the man of the family a little bit more. I would have liked to have seen that more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I think that would have made the, the film a lot better um, without all the stupid cliche crap that he got them into. But mm-hmm. that's probably my biggest gripe with the film. Um, once again, Emily Blunt, lover as an actress, you know, I think she's really good. But if she wasn't in this movie, you probably wouldn't have even noticed the difference between that in this film i do always like seeing it yeah no she's matter great. what movie she's in yeah or but even if it's just on the internet 
Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, I'd recommend uh, seeing it for free. Like I said, go out to Paramount, download <laughs> it. I wouldn't rent it for 20 bucks. Get that seven-day free trial. Yeah, get the seven-day free trial. Go see it like that. And, uh, you know, it'll be a nice little movie night with the family. Don't expect any big wow factors, but, you know, better than anything else at right now. Yeah, the, the intro will get you really hooked. You'll, you'll get really hyped for it at that point, and then it's going to be a, a pretty slow burn from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Seth, yep. you telling people to go to the theater. AMC theaters. AMC theaters, yes. They got 10 bucks. They're going with the family. You tell them to see Space Jam, Quiet Place 2. <laughs> Double feature. <laughs> which, which one do you recommend, Seth? Oh, a Quiet Place 2. Okay, okay. Yeah, check that one out. Easy. Well, uh, any other comments on it? Or you want to move along? We can move along. I did want to talk about Another game, it's uh, probably the newest game I've played recently is Resident Evil 8. Yes. And I've played it to death. Uh, Seth, you played it, correct? Yeah, I beat it. You guys did not expect that. Yeah, Seth's known for buying games and they sit and they're never played. And this one you beat almost, I mean, what, immediately? You didn't quit. Yeah, I started it and then I just kept going. Oh. You don't get a better really recommendation nice. than that. <laughs> Trust it's me. rare. It's rare. Seth usually does what like all PC gamers do, where they buy just a bunch of games on sale from Steam. Oh yeah. And then never play them. Mm-hmm. Like 50%, 75% of their library is just full of games that have never been touched. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. You know, I still have a ton on my downloaded on here that I've not played. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was such and such percent off, so I couldn't pass it up. I had to, had to buy it. Mm -hmm. Well, Tom, you were the one that played it the most. And you, how many times did you beat it? If you count them all up, 11? You beat, you beat Resident Evil 8 11 times. All the way through, yeah. God. All the difficulties, collected all the items, upgraded all the weapons, packs. I didn't go through all of uh, Mercenaries, but that was it. Well, that, that game was kind of dumb anyway, so. It is. I never really liked Mercenaries, even on Resident Evil 4. And if we're talking about this game, you could almost say it is a spiritual successor to Resident Evil 4. And really all the games. It almost feels like they went through their entire catalog of all the Resident Evil games and they picked out all the best mechanics from each one and made like a Frankenstein game. And this is what you have with Resident Evil 8. I would agree with that. Definitely. I think the biggest upgrade from, because I, I loved RE7. I thought RE7 was great. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a huge but. The last third of that game is terrible mm -hmm. the last third of that game is awful it is a slog and it just turns into a first person shooter yeah which that game was not supposed to be it was supposed no. to be very atmospheric smaller 
the, uh, the first half of that game is a masterpiece uh-huh. of survival horror. It is a masterpiece. And then it, it just devolves into this totally crappy first person shooter that just doesn't even feel remotely in the same universe with this game originally started off at. Yeah. yeah. I think, so I think RE8 was still had a lot of gunplay in it, but I think it was still a more consistent tone across the entirety of that game. Yeah. Different games kind of meshed into one almost. Which is like how four was. Four right. was very, I mean, it's like they almost like copied off of four's paper, even though it's their own property. I right. mean, even from the beginning, you know, you're in a village, you don't have a lot of ammo and you're surrounded by a bunch of assholes. Same exact thing. Yep. Then the village is almost like a central part. And it's kind of like, like how Bloodborne is or one of the other things where you kind of go back to the hub, same map. Yeah. And I like that quality to it. I like that mechanic to a game. Yeah. You know, where you almost got like a safe space and things look familiar and you can go back and, and recollect and figure things out. And I also like the mechanic that seven didn't have that this one does, which is when you loot something, you can go on your map and see if everything's looted. You know what I mean? Versus seven, if you miss something, there's probably stuff in that game I miss all the time that would make things a lot easier, but you, you can't tell because it won't light up blue on your map. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really nice addition to the game as well. Because um, I, I know you're probably the same as me, but we're like completionists, collectors. We like to get all the shiny stuff, all the stuff across the map. Um, yeah, so I, I really liked that feature too. I agree with you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seth, did you like, like to just shoot the werewolves? Is that what that was about? Werewolves? Mm-hmm. The lichens, you mean? Yeah. What do you like about the game, Seth? You know, uh, Resident Evil 8 was actually the first Resident Evil I played. And after I beat 8, I went back and played 2, and then I started 7, and I haven't. Did you beat 2? <laughs> yeah, I beat 2, all the way through. The, re- the Like the remake of 2? Yeah, the remaster 2, yeah. Okay, That's my favorite one. I still... Yeah, it was really fun. Now, Gordon, you asked me that same question from 8 to 2. If I had to give you an honest guess of how many times I beat the campaign to two, it'd probably start with a five. But who knows? It doesn't have a counter like this one, so that's just an estimate, we'll say. It's just a game you can just replay over and over again. Yeah, so I don't I don't yeah. like know the differences between eight, like what's good about it compared to the rest of them. I just know, you know. Well I, I liked how I liked how everything was uh it was like the whole game was like a puzzle made up of little puzzles, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It held my attention. You know, it was just yeah. creepy enough. Uh, it was just shooter enough, but it wasn't all the way. Like you guys say, seven was. Mm-hmm. And you got, instead of the item box from seven, you got the Resident Evil 4, how they did it, and you got just the, the suitcase yep. where you can keep track of all your stuff. And uh, that's not too bad. I don't know if I'd prefer the suit, the, the the item box or the suitcase. I think they're both good. It is kind of annoying, though, 
once you really upgrade a bunch of stuff, then you got to sell stuff to make room versus an item box, you would be able to interchange. And what do you think about that, Gordon? What do you prefer? I never really had any problems with it, honestly. I, th I thought the upgrades were well-paced enough that like I could get upgraded suitcases and fit all of the stuff I needed in there. I don't think there was one time where I was struggling other than right. to, to manipulate things enough to fit them all in there of what I wanted. Now, I didn't play a game enough to get the extra weapons and stuff that you probably end up getting after beating it that many times. But during my two playthroughs that I, I made through it, I didn't have any problems, really. Yeah. If I had to say, you know, give some negatives, some cons, that would be some big ones, is the fact that you never needed to worry about inventory space, which is – that's – every Resident Evil, that's what it's always about is survival horror and take everything with you. You got to figure out what you need to take and what you need, you know, to leave behind. That's what it's about. That's, that's part of the mechanics that make it interesting. And uh, also ammo. I mean, how often you two gentlemen, did y'all play it on normal difficulty? I would assume. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, how often were you like, I'm about to run out of ammo. I'm going to die. Not a lot. I would Maybe say the only, of the game. I think the only time I really had that problem was when I was in the uh, lichen den. That was the only time I had that issue. Yeah, that was something also about this game is it just, I mean, it was so plentiful. I mean, you always had what you needed. And if you didn't, you could go buy it from the item shop, which that is not like that either. Yeah, you never, you could never buy any kind of ammo. You always had to find it. And it just made it really easy. This is a very palatable game. And I think that's why there's so many new people coming into it because of just how easy it is. Do you agree? Maybe that's, maybe that's what kept me in there. Maybe. Is that, a, is that a pro or is that a con or is that a neutral standpoint for you, Tom? For me, it's a con. For replayability, you know, a lot of times when I replay these games, I figure out where more stuff is. That's part of the fun of replaying them is figuring them out and it making it easier, yeah. but it's easy from the start. So it really kills a lot of the replayability for me. You know, I have beat 11 times. Well, until you played what insane mode or whatever it's called, you get to a certain mode, but you don't, that, this is another thing, by the way, is that in most other resident evil games, when you replay a mode, you start with your pistol and this one, I beat it on easy get everything then i start a new game on hard i bring all of that over to hardcore and village of shadows which is the hardest difficulty mm -hmm. and you know that's kind of weak you know because you want to really be able to figure these games out and you know if you have all that stuff it makes it child's play so what they did is up to hardcore mode that's how it is you know i'm pretty sure either one of you gentlemen could start on hardcore tonight and beat it with the guns you've already collected. And it seems like to offset it on the hardest difficulty, they just made it so ridiculous that you have to have the most upgraded thing on the game. And it doesn't seem like, like I was saying earlier about how like you feel like you get cheated. You feel like it's your fault or, you know, you feel like it's your fault or you feel like you get cheated. This one, it just feels like you get cheated. Like, like they made it so over the top, ridiculously hard. 
Like it, it's, it, it doesn't feel like they put a lot of work into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I remember you texting us about it as you were playing it and I could just like, I could feel you screaming through the text messages about how angry you were and how ridiculously yeah. unbalanced it was. It was, yeah. It, it, and they add in a bunch of new enemies, which is cool. I do like how they do that. You know, like, like in Bloodborne or whatever, they have like an extra enemy when you go up, you know, like how Dark Souls is. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And they have done that on other Resident Evil games. When you play on hardcore, there's two more enemies here you weren't expecting and they kill you. But since they had to do it where you take all your guns with you, they just make it over the top ridiculous. And it just, yeah, it just seems unbalanced. You get, you know, I had, I went in to the game with a fully upgraded Magnum, a ton of health supplies and still got my ass beat, raped, like you read about. And it wasn't, you know, even the starting Magnum, it was like the Wolfsbane Magnum. Yeah, like the, the good one. And, you know, you shoot the, the biggest guy in the head nine times perfectly, perfect aim, and he just, I mean, it's like a fly biting him or something. It's its just stupid. So the, the main reason I beat it 11 times is because I had to go through and upgrade the strongest Magnum you can buy out of the store. You have to collect all the treasures. You got to go through multiple times and do it. And then you can upgrade the, the Magnum to the to its strongest. And then you got a weapon that's kind of going to do good until you get certain parts of the game where you don't have any weapons. And then you get screwed again. But it just seemed like, you know, every other difficulty was child's play. And this is, is such a leap, you know, a gap. And it just felt very sloppy to me. You know what I mean? Like they rushed it. Like they's like, well, we have to have a challenge for the fiendish players. Mm-hmm. So let's just rape them and not in a, in a clever way. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. Let's just give every enemy like basically infinite health. Yeah. And speed. Yeah. And just make and them make, tanks. Yeah. Make 50 of them. And it just seemed like every time you thought you had it figured out, you know, something else kicked you right in the balls. It is a, it is something to say you did once you do beat it though. But if you get like, close to the end there is a, a part that is just i mean i probably spent 30 lives trying to beat it almost going insane but it is something to you know put on the mantle once you do get through it but i just i would prefer that it be you know a decent you know let, let's just say they did it to where you started out with your base weapons and they made enemies a little tougher and maybe put stuff in different areas versus just this clown show almost where everything's just so insane. You know, you have to have this insanely powerful weapon and all that. Just just go back to the basics, you know, like, you know, two or whatever. And just up the difficulty, you know, maybe put in like a, most of the time in these games, you have to get to a typewriter to save on the hardest difficulty. I don't even think you have to do that now. And that was kind of a letdown too. So if I had to give negatives to this game, it would definitely be the difficulty in a lot of the systems when it comes to inventory and uh, finding ammo. But other than that, it's pretty great. <laughs> well, if you had to give it a score, what would you give it out of 10? Probably an eight, solid eight. Like I think that's where I put it. Yeah, just, 
just what I said, the story was kind of, you know, it's very, it's almost nonsensical to say that a Resident Evil story is bad and silly because that's how they all are and that's what you should be expecting. It'd be like, you know, reviewing a Fast and the Furious movie and saying it was campy and stupid. Well, what do you, that's the, that, that's the price of admission, you know? That's what you should be expecting at this point. Right. You know. Where would it fall on the whole spectrum of Resident Evil games for you? Where does it fit? What, like in... Ratings terms? Like from worst to best? Yeah. It's up there. In fact, I'd say I'd go two, four, and then this one. Okay. So third... So yeah. you, you would say four is still much better than this game. Yeah. Again, with just four with its inventory systems. And when you play four and you play professional, you play it on professional, the hardest difficulty. Again, you start out with your pistol and you really got to have skill and you got to know where everything's at. And that, that's how it should have been done on this one too. So that's where I think they messed up. Okay. All right. Seth, what do you think? Needs more big woman. More big woman. That's your negative? No, it needed more big woman. I know it. Right, yeah. Gordon? I thought I thought it was pretty I mean I I'm not a big like Resident Evil fan. Like I've played four, I've played five, six, seven, and eight. I've played a, most of them. I was never into like the survival horror, like one, two original games and all that crap, one, two, and three. Um, but I would say it's probably RE <laughs> four and then eight for me as well. Okay. I haven't played two remakes, so I can't really say where that fits for me. But you'll love them. You ought to play up on Gordon. I'm sure I would, but right now, probably RE4 and then eight and then seven. Yeah. Yeah, seven, it's good. It's so different. Right. And like I said, the first half of that game is a masterpiece. I absolutely loved the first half of that game. When I have people over, a lot of times that's what we'll do is we'll play the beginning of Resident Evil 7. Yeah. It's and that good. It's a, yeah, it's just like a fun horror. You know, you don't know what to expect. Have you but, played uh, VR? I haven't played that one. I've played that in VR. That'd be a fun was it? That'd be it's something to do. Terrifying, yeah. <laughs> it's really good in VR. It, it will make you sick to your stomach, but uh, it's really fun in VR. I did play... Uh, Resident Evil 1 recently. In fact, in VR. The recent one. Not in VR. <laughs> Only you play this. This is the one where it's fixed camera. Right. You, don't, you know what I'm talking about? It's like... I hate those games. You go down a hallway and then the camera's up here. Yeah. And then if you're yeah. not pushing on the stick the right way, you'll like run yourself under the wall. It's like a security camera or something. They yeah. Go down yeah. the hallway, the, the, the camera switches and then yes. you're like running backwards again and then you're 
camera switches back and then you're just stuck in this perpetual back and forth. Yeah, it's not over the shoulder. I hate it. And the way you aim is like you can aim, you hold that, you know, to aim and then you can click up or down. Yeah. And then fire. Yep. And it like, it'll auto aim for you. So if there's like an enemy close to you, when you click the aim, you'll be looking at them and then you can fire. It's just insane. But I got to tell you, there is a reason it is a legendary game. It is actually, you know, once you get a past a lot of like the very archaic controls and stuff, it's a pretty fun game. And you know that the inventory system, again, it's like you got six slots to figure out what you're going to pick up. And it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, the inventory. I've, I've heard inventory in the first and second game are like way – way more um strict and mm -hmm. well I, I gotta say restrictive than the other games yeah you got an item box so you know you can pick up and put stuff in there and try to figure it out but if it's your first playthrough you've never played it before you're gonna get very frustrated very quick what does this key do what does this lever do should i put it down should i take it with me now i gotta go back and fucking get it and now, you know, do I need this ammo? I'm only going to take my pistol, and then you get raped by a big snake. Yeah. Because you didn't have your shotgun. You said, I'm going to leave the shotgun because I need the lever. Yeah. Mistake number one. And those mechanics kind of, you know, they add something to it, you know. They add, you know, a level of a, a different mechanic to the game, you know, to that you don't worry about really in the new ones. You know, you got everything. I got my shotgun already. I'm going to kill the big snake now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What uh, We know where it falls on the spectrum for Resident Evil games, but when it comes to all horror games that you've played, because we've done an episode before where we've ranked our favorite horror games of all time. You're talking about eight? Yeah. Where does it fall on like your all time? Does it even make the list? Is it even in top five, top 10? Is it in any of those for you? I will say, I mean, compared to like seven, I don't think this game was really super scary. No, they purposely made it less scary than seven because yeah. they were so scared of seven, according to the feedback that they got. It's so they palatable to other gamers. Again, Seth beat it. What the, right. <laughs> what's, the, what's the point? You're making a horror game. Why uh -huh. are you going to make it less scary? It's yeah, it's I mean, almost I mean, bo borderline campy, yeah, you know. I mean, you compare this to a game like Evil Within or Alien Isolation, God forbid. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, Alien Isolation, after a couple of days of playing it, I thought I was having heart problems just because of my anxiety and adrenaline was at a hundred for like two weeks straight. Yeah. I don't even think I, the needle that never even moved probably at all during this, the entirety of playing this game. It was almost like a fun, yeah. you know, just adventure movie versus a horror game. It was, you know I mean? yeah, it was more of a, like an action game than anything with like mystery action. I don't know. It, it wasn't a horror by any means. Um, it, it definitely fell more into the campy, category than anything yeah even maybe like like a tim Bur like like i'm scared of this game like i'm scared of 
like a Tim Burton movie. You know what I mean? It's got it's 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 scary. It's got all the Halloween stuff in it, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's horror. You know what I mean? I would say the only one section that was scary to me, and I think Tom, you would agree, is the dollhouse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They had yeah. It's almost a different genre of horror at that point. I thought okay. that was the strongest horror part of that entire game. That was Same the most effective to me, and that was probably one of my favorite parts of the entire game. Without what about, what, what about the baby slug monster? That's what we're talking about, yeah. Seth. Baby slug monster is part of that. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the actual dolls. What's in? It's in the same spot, right? Uh, the whole, right. whole area. That, is, that entire section from start to finish was the best part of the entire game for me. Yeah, yeah. It's different sure. than the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. almost like yeah, like it, it like, could have been put out as like DLC almost. Yeah, it felt like a completely different game. That that was, I think, my biggest con to the whole thing was the the, the horror part of it was not as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they had that one good section. Some of the bosses were kind of a letdown for me as well. Yeah, very straightforward. Yeah, not much to them. Just keep shooting them until they die, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That was about it. I got pretty excited during the um, the water part where you get into the boat and then you see the the guy that transforms into like a big blobby fish monster thing again. Yeah, kind of gave you that RE4 vibes, and you're like, "Oh crap, this is happening again!" Like, this is a nice callback, and then it kind of just pooped out into another like, "Hey, keep shooting barrels around this guy until he explodes and dies." Shoot him in the mouth, yeah, yeah. It was it was cool, but yeah, it just wasn't scary. Like, like there's there was a decent number of really scary parts in four, even though it leaned more towards action. Yeah. I mean, the first time you you hear the chainsaw guy start rocking his thing and and starts chasing after you, that's that's true horror right there. Yeah. That was very effective. And that happened in like broad daylight in that game. So, yeah, yeah, even even the older was a lot more effective in that sense. But for me, I didn't think RE8, I liked it a lot, but I don't think it would hit any of my top lists of horror games best horror games for me dead space 2 still holds that candle to my favorite horror game of all time and then a couple others in there as well i I still i still think the first evil within is one of my favorite horror games as well fun yeah um but yeah i I don't i don't think there wasn't really much scary stuff going on in re8 which is fine yeah, it was at least like we said we talked about it. It was at least consistent in its tone the entire time, and it wasn't trying to be a big horror game to scare the crap out of everybody. It was just yeah, it was fun, incredible, well-rounded was... game. I would say. Now, like I said, you go. I went back and played RE One afterwards. Now it is pretty scary. I think it would be very high on your list if you ended up playing all the way through because it's got some pretty horrifying parts. Of which one? RE1. One? Person. Yes. Where like I said, get, get past the bad mechanics. Do I have any, can I even play it on anything right now? Do I have to go yeah, buy a PlayStation? You can go download it right now on your PlayStation. Right now. Maybe even for free. No more than 20 bucks. For sure. You should probably wait for a sale. Like I said, I, it, I know it was on sale for free on the PlayStation Store multiple times. And on the Xbox. 
Resident Evil One. Resident Evil One, and it's kind of at least like they were years old or so. Well, they remastered it in two thousand and four. Because at first, I mean, the first time in '96 when it came out, it's like I mean, you can't even play that. I mean, it just looks so bad. Everything's like pixels. They said there's actually more pixels on Lady D's behind than all of Resident Evil One, the whole game. That's the difference from '96, you know, to 2021. But yeah, definitely look up. They remastered it, and it looks. Like it's remastered. I know it's 2004, but just the aura it has, there's just something about it, you know? And I think I've talked about it before, but I didn't beat it back then. I beat it multiple times now. And it's, 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 there's something to it. I'd play it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's 20 bucks. Yeah. Did that, yeah, check it out. did they release that back in 2015? Yeah. It's yeah, been I think that's long when I first got it. That? What? The the Resident Evil 1 remake? Well, like they met they they put it on the new consoles then. You know what I mean? They didn't like remaster it again. It's still the same remastered from 2004. It's just they put it on, you know, uh, uh Xbox yeah. 1 and PlayStation 4. I thought it was its own remastered because no. I, I could have swore it came like it, re, it was released like a year or two ago. It um, may look a little better than when they put it on the GameCube, but I think I think it's basically the same. It's still that one from 2004 when they initially remastered it. What's Resident Evil Zero? That's like a prequel to that one, and it's got different mechanics that I. Like, you know how you got an item box on this one? It's like you drop stuff everywhere and you got to remember where you dropped it and go back and get it. And you like switch between two characters versus, you know, just the normal mechanics. They try to change the formula up and I don't think it works as well. Just stick to playing RE1 and RE8. And then you tell me which one you like better and which one's scarier. A 20, you know, 20 something year old game or this new one. What about RE6? Oh, don't even Arguably get me started. one of the best titles in the series, right? Don't even get me started. Just so drug out, stupid, so boring. You know, a lot <laughs> going on. Playground and like ride, like slide, slide down the slide. And... Yeah, yeah. Or, or ride a motorcycle or shoot out of the back of a, you know, a chopper. Where like co-op was like the hot new thing in Resident Evil and all the other games. Yeah. Yeah, they built on to five in the worst way. Five was kind of like that too. Five wasn't too bad. It had a pretty strong start because yeah. that was the one that happened in like Africa, right? Yeah, yeah. Five was kind of going more towards the action part and it was pretty good. It was the first Resident Evil I ever played. In fact, I think me and Seth probably co opted on that game when we were in middle school. Or we uh, we co opted the demo like 10 times. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, but they moved away from horror into action. And then they went even further in six and it just, and then in seven, they brought it back. And that's where we're at. Fair enough. Well, Tom, do we have anything else on the docket that you wanted to discuss? Not a whole lot. Just about what we're going to be doing in the future. I was thinking, here's what we do. 
we watch all of the Fast and Furious movies and we rate them from worst oh, to best. All in one day. We do it. There's not going to time in a day, Tom. Dude, there's like nine of them. 11 yeah. hour stream straight. You know, we'll pick up the party favors beforehand so we, we stay awake the whole day. It's going to be a 20 hour stream. We just movie. pound them out. And oh. then we have a four hour discussion afterwards. I don't know if we're going to have enough brain cells to do that afterwards. Definitely not. Definitely Good Lord. Not. There's, uh, so much, there's only so much Michael Bay you can like watch. Can I at least skip like can I can I skip like the first like two? No, in fact, in fact, we're putting in Tokyo Drift. We're not skipping that one. We're watching one, two, Tokyo Drift three. We're gonna watch all the featurettes. <laughs> we're gonna get into it. Oh. Or I was thinking maybe we could do our top ten favorite video games of all time. Now out of those two. What would y'all rather do next week? Oh well. <laughs> all right. How about this? How about how about we do a top ten video games of all time, and then we slowly work our work our way through the Fast Furious movies. Like we do per episode, maybe two to three movies at a time. I love it. I love it. Can, you down. Three separate episodes, and then we can try to save some brain cells in between watching to make sure we can make it through each episode. We want to really dig deep into the lore, the Fast and Furious movies. We want, we want to dissect them. Yeah. yeah. Now, does we're that mean we're also going to start watching the spinoffs, like Hobbs and Shaw? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna get. We're gonna dig deep into it. Okay. So the audience can be prepared for that. Okay. I'm not against that. Seth? Let's, let's do it. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. I would rather die. You'd have <laughs> to kill me. But I do want to talk about some good video games next time we're on. Definitely. Know, maybe, maybe we could do a top 25 list and maybe do five every week what do you think about that i'm game for that here's here's an idea i have for you guys since i'm the uh pretentious um movie guy indie film guy i'm thinking i'm gonna put together a list of indie films that you guys are gonna watch that hurts so that you guys can let me know where you fall on them all right. To counter that, I'll say I love horrible 80s horror films. And each week I'm going to have you watch one that I'm very familiar with. And then you're going to come to us for that interview. Does that sound good? Yeah. Seth, do you have a niche uh, interest you'd like to add in there? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm going to think about that. <laughs> Because Hunter hates 80s slasher movies. Uh-huh. And I know a million of them. You'll, you'll be watching them for the next two years. And I've got so many, so many pretentious indie films that I'm ready to put you through. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And the winner will be whoever doesn't kill themselves first. <laughs> having to watch these terrible genres. That's how we'll rank it. Sound yeah. good? Yeah. And then Seth, we can we can together force Tom to 
watch every season of Scrubs. Oh, hey. Give me a break. Scrubs, play The Last of Us 2. No, I'd rather that. that. No, that definitely needs to happen. We're definitely oh, I'd rather that. 100%. <laughs> if nothing else happens that we've discussed, you are going to play through The Last of Us 2 for certain. Mm-hmm. And Seth, you are going to play through Bloodborne for certain. I'm not buying it. So I hope one of y'all got it on disc. You can, you can log on. You can log on to my profile and you can download it and then put it on your system. All right. All right. We'll have to do that. Yeah, we'll we'll share it. You can take it from me. I refuse to give Naughty Dog money for that. Refuse flat out. I think you're gonna change your tune after you play it. Oh, buddy. I think you will. I'm gonna mm. I think you're gonna come in and you're gonna say, you know what? It is definitely trying to hit some buttons, some social justice warrior buttons, but um, it's a good game. I think you're going to say that. I think it's going to come down to that. I'll probably be able to define how not to write a character. That's what I'll be able to do most likely. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you play it, Tom. Well, hopefully we do something. Yeah. I think it was a good, uh, a good return to form for us. A little, little way to sh- shake off the cobwebs, get back into it. I mean, come on, people out there, give us a break. I mean, this is the first time we've been on mic. You know, I mean, I'm, we were on there a year ago, but then there's a big gap between that. 2016 was it? Maybe we'll get better at this. Just, just bear with us. I didn't do a great job, Gordon. You were terrible, Seth. A star. Yeah. Hey. To say the least. Yep. There's going to be Seth plushies. There's going to be Seth uh, Yowie fiction. Um, <laughs> he's going to be our new guy. So, yeah. Uh, Do we want to add anything else, gentlemen? No. Do well, I guess uh, – Until next time, this was the new Screen Kings podcast. I've been your host, T.H. Luttrell. Gordon? And I've been Detective James Gordon. Yeah? Yes, you have. I've been here. That's what I've been. (laughs) (laughs) Well, bear with us, and uh, we'll see you next week, next month, as long as it's not next year. We love you.